Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our Jesus Continued Sermon Series. This series digs deeper into who the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit's role, and why God desires for us to live Spirit-led lives. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Morning, Valleybrook family. Um, This is the time where we want to release our children, fifth grade and under, uh, to go to Children's Church. Um, We normally have a middle school class during this time, but since I'm preaching, the middle schoolers will be stuck in here with us. So (laughs) the next week, we'll be back uh, to our normal time with middle school, our middle school class during the second service. Um, As they're leaving, um, I just want to take this opportunity and take advantage of the opportunity to um, just make a little plug for our student ministry. If you're going into the 6th through the 12th grade and are not a part of our student ministry yet, um, I would love to talk with you after the service and tell you a little bit about what we have going on and maybe find ways to get you plugged in um, because we would love to have you a part of our student ministry. And that's whether you're a visitor, a regular attender, or or whatever. We would love to get you plugged in. So uh, this morning, we will continue our sermon series based on the J.D. Greer book um, called Jesus Continued. We'll pick up with last week's message about how we experience the Holy Spirit. But I want to start off by kind of sharing a testimony from my life, let you hear a little bit about kind of my story of how the Holy Spirit's worked in my life. So it's exciting because looking back on my life, I've had tons and tons of questions. Um, I've been one of those people that throughout my whole life has asked God why a whole lot of times. When I was three years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. So basically from the ages of three to six, I spent in the hospital. Um, People ask me questions about what I remember, and I'm like, very little. I just remember I was in the hospital because I was you know, three. Um, But there's been a lot of effects of that cancer that I've seen um, throughout my life, and especially growing up in, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, where I asked the question, like, why in the world did that happen to me? Why did I go through that? But when looking back on my life and how I came to know Christ, I remember that when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I said, God saved me from the cancer. I was saved not just through the treatment or through the doctors, but I was saved um, by God, and I knew that he has saved me for a reason. And that's, um, looking back, I don't know if I had not gone through that, um, if I would be the man I am today, or if I would even know Jesus as my Savior. So that was kind of the Holy Spirit telling me, like, here's why. Because no matter what, that experience made me who I am today. And in college, I wondered, um, when I finished college, I wondered, why do I have to go to seminary? I was one of the people that said, you know what? When I I graduate, I'm done with school. I'm never going back to school. People say I should go to seminary, but I'm like, no, I'm done with school. I'm tired of it. But but God had other plans. Um, And I see now, later on, looking back, um, what didn't make sense then made sense now. Um, But I want to share... Now, two of the biggest ways that I've seen the Holy Spirit work in the last few years. So, when I was 22 years old, um, that was when I knew 
hey, I was finishing up college, and I said, I want to get married, and I want to have kids. I knew that that's what I wanted. I wanted a wife, and so I was, I was you know, looking a little more in, intently than I had before. Um, but none of my relationships, you know, really for several years ever really worked out. I mean, I just got married a couple of years ago, and now I'm 34, and so I basically... I basically went for about 10 years where I was looking and I was wondering, like, why in the world am I still single? And I'm sure there's, like, a lot of reasons that had to do with me. <laughs> that if other people looked, they're like, oh, that's why he's still single. But, but I, I wondered a whole lot of times, and I would have relationships, but they would just never work, work out. And um, I'm sure a lot of it was me, like I said. But... Um, but I even wondered, like, am I going to be single for my entire life? Uh, I, I kind of come to that point where I was like, I guess I have to be okay with this because it could happen, you know. Um, I had even, uh, at, at the church that I was at at the time, I had even dated, like, every girl in the church who was single. And I know that, or like, I had tried to or I had done it. I know this sounds like... Like, I was, like, desperate, and I was walking around, like, hey, will you go out with me? Okay, no, check, you know? But there were only, like, two or three who were single that were around my age. And so it wasn't like there was tons and tons, and I was just dating, like, 50 girls or whatever. It was, like, two or three. So, but I had finally come to the point where I said, you know what? I just, I have to be happy being single, and I'm going to live, you know, and just try to enjoy life the way things are. Um, and, you know, people had said, oh, well, what about eHarmony? I mean, my boss had even set up a Christian Mingle account for me, but he didn't tell me. He just set it up, and he was, like, put in all my information and found a picture of a random p person on Google Images and put that up. And, and, he, and he told me about this, like, years later, and he said, I just didn't do it very long because I felt guilty because I'm married and I'm looking at all these pictures of single women <laughs> and all this. But people had asked me, like, you know, will you ever, like, do online dating? And I was always like, no, I would never do that. That's for desperate people. But then the Holy Spirit began to work, and just all of a sudden one day I said, you know what, it's time to do online dating, which, again, I had said that I would never do. Um, and then after just a few weeks of that, I met Amber on there, and we talked for like a week, and then we went on our first date, and on that first date, we talked about marriage and adoption, and got married like eight or nine months later. So, I mean, we're crazy at all, just happened like insanely fast, but hey, we're still together like two and a half years later, and, um, and now we're going through the adoption process, and so it's just an exciting thing. But that was the way that the Holy Spirit worked, because um, I had always kind of wanted my timing, and um, and then I just kind of had to be okay with how things were. But then the Holy Spirit said, hey, now is the time. And when the Holy Spirit directed me to go online, that's when it all just fell into place because, again, it was his time and not mine. So the second thing um, that I want to share is about my struggle in finding this job. And so... My wife and I had been married for just a few months. It was June of 2015, and we knew that God was directing us um, to a new place of ministry. We knew that my time um, where I was was coming to an end, 
And so that's when we began kind of getting the resume together and working on our house to put it on the market. Um, friends of mine had told me basically when, you know, with someone in your position, with your experience, it'll take you about six months to, to find a church and, and you kind of get that new job. And I said, okay, I, I can wait six months, you know. And, um, and I'm sending out resumes, I'm talking to some churches, and, you know, had a lot of, like, a million different questionnaires to fill out and phone calls and, and all that. And we got our house ready, we put it on the market, and three weeks later, it sold. And so we felt like, you know, God is here, God has this, this plan, like, it's going to happen soon. Like, six months was pretty accurate. And then... Um, we went and visited a church. They flew us across the country to California, and and we're like, "Hey, this church is awesome. This is cool. This is this is what God has for us. It's too perfect to not be God." And then I got a call a couple weeks later, and they said, "Hey, it's not going to work out. Um, we just feel like we're not a good fit." And that was pretty devastating because I felt like. God was in all of this. Everything had happened so, um, so right with the house selling and, and all of that. But God definitely had other plans in mind. And so for almost another year, I was sending out resumes and, you know, searching and talking to people. And I even had a lot of friends who would recommend me for jobs, and I would have interviews for those, but nothing quite worked out, and it didn't make sense. And so during that time, God taught me a lot of patience. Um, I say the Holy Spirit, but also like the Holy Spirit through Amber, because Amber was always reminding me, like, be patient. You know, you have to wait. Um, like I said, I, I learned a whole lot of patience through that. And then after, it, it was like the fall of last year, and I was talking to two different churches, and Amber said, um, I have a really good feeling about Connecticut. Like, I feel like this is the place that God has for us. And, and I felt that too. Um, every, like, whichever church, like, I loved Valleybrook, and then I loved this other church, and so whoever I talked to the most recently, I was like, this is the place I'm going. This is the place I'm going. But Amber still said the whole time, she goes, she goes, I, I feel like the place God has for us is the church in Connecticut. And that may have been partly because she was watching the Gilmore Girls, but I think that it was mostly, I think that it was mostly because of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so God taught um, me and Amber a whole lot through all that time about, about his timing. And when we came to, to visit Valleybrook for the first time, there's just something special about this place. And the Holy Spirit was just revealing to me, like, this is what I've been saving you for. This is why you've been waiting, because I have this place for you. And Amber and I were sitting on the front row, and I just looked at her during the service, and I was like, this is, this is it. And it was, you know, looking back, California probably wasn't a good fit. And so it would, you know, I knew what I thought was right, but God knew what 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 exactly was actually right and so that's what god saved us for so those are two ways that the holy spirit has definitely worked in my life over the last few years so as some of you know i grew up in alabama 
which is a long ways away. And thankfully, I don't have too much of an accent. I do still say y'all sometimes and a couple of little words like that. Um, but I grew up in Alabama, and I went to a Christian school uh, for basically 18 years. And that's not because I was held back, but because I went to a Christian college and I went to seminary. And so um, the interesting thing about those 18 years and even the different churches that I was involved in is we didn't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't that any of them didn't believe in the Holy Spirit or you know, thought the Holy Spirit was like a taboo or, or anything. It was just that I think the Holy Spirit was something that wasn't like tangible and it wasn't something in front of us, and, and it's maybe a little bit difficult to, to understand and to fully comprehend. So I think churches where I grew up in, and really in the South in general, just kind of avoid that, that topic. Um, so it's exciting to me to be able to talk about that and to really be studying through this book. If you haven't picked up the book, Jesus Continued, um, I encourage you to check it out. Um, I think it's on Kindle for like 99 cents, so if you have a smartphone or anything, then you can definitely check that out. So, But this week we're going to continue where Pastor Clark left off, and this is the second week of ways that we experience the Holy Spirit. So the first point is we experience the Spirit through the gospel. And this is really probably the most one of the most overlooked truths in the scripture is that the Holy Spirit is intricately tied to the gospel and, and really people's salvation. So John chapter 16, verses 7 through 11 says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So let me break this down just a little bit. Verse 7 says the Holy Spirit is known as the helper or the advocate. It says that it is to our advantage that Jesus leave the earth and give us the Spirit because the Spirit wants to be here to continue the ministry of Jesus and spreading the gospel through us. The Holy Sp or when Jesus was here, even though he was God, he was also fully human, so he could only be in one place at a time. Jesus wasn't like everywhere. But when Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. And the Holy Spirit is in the life of every believer. And so he's here to work through us. And he wants to convict people of the sin, convict people of their unbelief, and just show other people the way that they need God. But he wants to do that through us. Jesus substituted himself for us. He took the penalty for our sins so that the Father could fully accept us. When the Father accepts us as, as his children, the Spirit makes that intelligible to our hearts. It makes it like make sense to us. The Spirit convicts and empowers the church and its testimony. J.D. Greer says that the gospel 
is not simply the entry into Christianity, but the source of our entire Christian experience. I think that's kind of the misconception that a lot of times we have of the word gospel. Um, I hear a lot, like, you need to spread the gospel, share the gospel, and that's kind of, we talk about it like it's just sharing God's word and then someone accepting Christ, and then that's kind of the main part of it. But then, this is what he says, it's the source of our entire Christian experience. It's where the Holy Spirit works. And when we accept him, you know, that's where he begins to work in our lives and then starts to work through us. The more you grow in your knowledge and understanding of the gospel, the deeper your relationship with the Holy Spirit becomes. Thomas Goodwin says that the fullness of the Spirit makes us feel the love of the gospel. Salvation goes from being a doctrine we believe to an embrace of our Father. When we experience the embrace, our souls radiate with the joy and love of Christ. That is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives through the gospel. The second way that we experience the Spirit is through God's Word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So verse 15 says that the Scripture has the power to bring readers to faith in Jesus. That's the power of the gospel, the power of God's word. Verse 16 shows that all the scriptures are produced by the Holy Spirit. God's word is the absolute most powerful way that the Holy Spirit can speak to us. Sometimes the Spirit moves in our lives. Sometimes, like in the testimony that I shared, the Holy Spirit was directing me to um, kind of take steps forward in my life and in ministry and in my search for my wife. The Holy Spirit um, spoke to Amber and I when we were when we were here that like this was the place that he had for us. That was like confirmation. But there's, there's some times where, you know, I felt like God was telling me that California was the right place. You know, I felt that at the time, but, but that, wasn't, that wasn't right. I, that was kind of a misunderstanding for me. But Scripture is the absolute foundation, and Scripture is always the way the Holy Spirit's speaking to us, and it's never wrong. It's never like when we read God's Word, we're never going to read it and say, oh, you know what, that's the word of God to us. Oh, no, I, sorry, I was wrong. It wasn't. That's always God's way of speaking to us, no matter what. Um, J.D. Greer, um, again, the author of the book, says, Scripture spends more time focused on the type of people we should be and less of specifics on where and what we do. When you become the kind of person that God wants you to be, you will do what he wants you to do. Nearly every time we find the phrase, the will of God in the Bible, it refers to the shaping of our moral character. It's the foundation of our lives. Sometimes we try to build that foundation on maybe emotions or you know, what the Spirit is telling us, but it's built on the gospel and everything else falls alongside it when we read the gospel, when we study it, when we grow in him. Verse 17, this verse applies to all believers. And it says, and it's the basis of God equipping us. 
especially where it says, you know, the servant of God may be equipped for every good work. So this applies, you know, to all of us. It's the basis for him equipping us f to do his work. It's profitable for equipping us. It makes us ready to serve him. We have a lot of opportunities here at Valley Brook um, where you can get involved, where you can serve. And some of you are extremely gifted in music or singing. Others, like me, are not gifted in singing, so um, singing is probably not one of the things that I should be doing on Sunday morning. But there are other things that, that everyone can do. You know, being a greeter and welcoming people when they come in on Sunday morning, that's something that anybody can do. You may say, well, I'm, I'm not an outgoing person, I'm not a people person, neither is my wife. But she does it twice a month. And she's there just with a smile on her face, welcoming people, saying, hey, you know, so glad you're here. You know, that doesn't take a, a special gift, but that is an opportunity for us to serve God. That's an opportunity for God to use us. We're all called to serve. Again, we all have our gifts, we all have our passions, and some of us need to use those. Some of us, there's opportunities in our community, or there's opportunities right here at Valleybrook to serve and, and use those gifts, but others of us, we just need to serve. We just need to take, find those opportunities that we have out there right now where we can serve, or ways that you can serve in, in Hartford, or ways that you can invest in the people that you see on a daily basis, praying for those people. Um, God equips us through, through the gospel and through his word to work for him. We just have to do that. We have to be willing. And so the Holy Spirit will lead us but the Holy Spirit isn't going to, like, force you or throw you into it. He'll lead you to serve. He'll lead you in finding those ways that he can work through you. But you have to take that step. Um, you have to take that step to do that and to begin that. So everybody close your eyes for just a minute. I know this is weird. It's like you don't want to close your eyes. But just close your eyes for a minute. Imagine if everyone in this room everyone in our church, everyone you'll see in the cafe was serving in our church or in the community in some way. Whether that means welcoming people, whether that means working in after school program or, you know, helping before school or, you know, working with the children's ministry or student ministry or singing or, you know, helping on the cleanup crew here, you know, helping with the, in the cafe, giving, leading a small group. Imagine if everyone in here was serving in some way, in our church, in our community. As Dan mentioned, we have, you know, 450 on a, on a good Sunday in both services. If we had 450 people from Valleybrook serving throughout our church and throughout our community, we could change the world around us. We could change the town of Granby and Simsbury and Granville and all these other places where I can't remember the names because I'm fairly new to the area. So God can use us to change the world around us. We have to take advantage of the opportunities that he has given us and seek out those opportunities. There's opportunities here at Valleybrook that, um, you know, Dan or I or someone at our welcome desk or any, we would love to talk to you about. And so,
I encourage you, I challenge you to take steps forward and ask God, what are ways that you want to use me in my neighborhood, in my community, and in my church? Ask God for that. Um, when you go home, study God's word and seek after him and seeing, God, what are you, where are you directing me in my life today? Let me pray for us, and we will go into our uh, time of communion. Dear God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the way that the Holy Spirit works in us. I thank you for the way that the Holy Spirit wants to work through us into the lives of others. I pray that you will just challenge and empower all of the people in our church to serve you, to find ways to invest in the lives of people around you and to be Jesus to the people in our community. I pray that you'll um, bless us as we go into communion and finish up our time of worship. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.